Welcome everyone to the Dining Room Table Podcast, a weekly conversation that addresses taboos of the Black community. We emphasize vulnerability, transparency, and authenticity to change the narrative and the stigma of self-expression in our community. I'm your host, Keandria Rivers, and today I'm sitting with a very special guest, one of my dearest friends, Erica Chisholm. Hey friend, how are you? Hey friend, I'm great, how are you? I'm good. Very long um, week. A great week, though, but very, very long. Um, What's going on in your world? I had a long week, too, you know. My days are kind of weird. I'm in, I'm out of town right now. I'm in Birmingham. Uh, I've been here... I don't know, maybe three or four days. I lose count because that's just, I don't know, but it's good. I'm here working with Urban Impact, which is an economic development nonprofit that is over the economic development of the Civil Rights District and the Fourth Avenue Business District, which is really the only remaining all black business district in the United States. Oh, wow. Wow. That's really cool. I know you told me a little bit about that before, but that is really awesome. And I probably gave you the same reaction, but that is really cool. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. So we're going to talk about that some more. We're going to get into that, y'all. Don't worry. Um. So really quickly, to everybody listening, Erica has been a guest at the table before. Um, She and I actually featured together on the episode titled Keep Moving Your Feet. So if you want to check that out, you can. But um, just to give you a brief heads up for now, we talked about moving our feet, being in control of the only person that we can truly control, which is ourselves, and also remaining balanced through it all. So here we are, a few months shy of our one-year mark for the episode. And we back so just quickly <laughs> yes we are yes so real quick welcome back like we here we we here all right we live. right we live <laughs> exactly see this is gonna be great all right so for our listeners who may not be as familiar and even if they are from listening to you last time Eric, could you just give us a brief introduction of who you are um and just yeah who you are what's up so i'm erica chisholm and i am a visual artist i'm also um a creative placemaking specialist at this time for the Civil Rights District and the 4th Avenue Business District, which basically means that I'm in charge of curating the Civil Rights District. Um, I have a degree in sociology from Georgia State University with a concentration in urban development and I minored in visual arts. I've been doing art since I was a little girl for a very long time. And I believe in art as a healing mechanism for the African-American community. I believe that we were all created. And because we were all created, we're all creators. And if you take away someone's right to create, you create chaos. I believe that we're in a chaotic state now, just knowing how our society has put a cap on what art is and what it can be. 
so I really want to give that back to the community and help them understand that they are creators and it's their job to create their reality good stuff good stuff yeah so okay you're working in Birmingham so quickly for me all right as a child you born raised in Birmingham and so you have like extremely strong influences from your maternal side right so could you kind of explain like what their influences were and how it how it kind of like projected onto you in the space that you're in now so um I live in Georgia and I come back and forth uh, from Birmingham. My mom is an identical twin. I was raised by her, my mom and her twin, and my grandmother. So all women, uh, they are in the beauty industry. My mom is a master cosmetologist and my aunt is a nail tech. And I also am a master cosmetologist but I, I like to do nails more than anything. So I guess growing up around them and just, I don't know, they're like powerful women. Like they just keep going. They never stop. So I think that translated onto me, like, because I've done a lot in a short period of time. And when I think about how much I've done in a short period of time, being 26, it gets a little overwhelming. Hmm. Okay. So I know that before we've talked before and I was expressing myself like, I just feel so overwhelmed. And so I remember you saying, well, how do you think I feel? Simply because (laughs) (laughs) y'all, y'all, let me just say that she is like really, really like spicy. Okay. She like gets me together um if you think i'm spicy you gotta meet this one because she'll no she, no she yes. gets me together no <laughs> oh my goodness so okay with that being said she told me how do you think i feel so now i want you to kind of like tell i guess what's that's like in your mind because I was like having a long day and I was like oh my gosh I'm so stressed out and you were like that's my mind every day so kind of like my mind like is like a child's toy box like I don't know like it's crazy and it just it does whatever it wants like I don't know. I guess I had like a, a ex boyfriend before or something tell me like your feelings aren't real or something like that mm. in pertinence to that and like of course it's like verbally abusive. Like I mean I'm a really emotional person, like especially being creative. But just juggling so much and just being an artist in general, like Sometimes it's hard to grasp what's going on in my mind, truly. Like, uh, this, well, I guess last year in 2019, I quit my job, my very nice paying job. Mm. (laughs) Okay. I walked away from my career. And I also started therapy last year, which last year, like, therapy was the thing for me. Like, I told myself, okay, like, you're going to go to therapy this year because... You're getting to this place where you really need to be able to navigate what's really going on. So I started therapy. Yeah, I quit my job. 
like oh, okay I'm gonna start an art business and I'm gonna go and uh help make african-american cities walkable for african-american people because that was my thing like making a city walkable like i walk around different places like uh in atlanta like emmon park or like even on the belt line and i'm just like my city has so much creativity in it and so much culture i feel like my city should have something like this so my studies were tailored for me to come here and do the work that i'm doing i was very intentional about it and now i'm here and my mind has not stopped running because I'm also a part of uh, an art incubator in Atlanta. I left my job to paint. It's been going well. I've done, I've been in a couple shows. I've done some like, uh, I don't know, like tactical urbanism projects around Atlanta. I've met a lot of art people and still with all of that showing up for my art practice and trying to still show up for my personal life it's really uh I don't know it's it's like I got a lot of metaphors tonight so it's Mm. like I don't know like trying to balance a piece of wood on a ball kind of impossible a little bit a little I mean uh, that's that's kind of hard don't you think it is hard <laughs> along with along with not generating as much revenue as I hoped that I would hmm. so but you know like you start a business it takes some time to get it off the ground I'm confident in my art practice I've never been as confident as I am I have made some strides and I'm just gonna keep going like Absolutely. I've been working on my faith uh Keeping up with like some uh, self care practices, it's very important to help balance everything. Along with being like, I don't know, I'm kind of like the patriarch in my family, which is crazy because I'm a lady, but that's just the cards that I was I was dealt. So just handling all of that and figuring out where is my place, like where do I belong in this world. And interestingly enough, it's really funny because I, I I asked you, how do you manage or how do you balance? And your mind literally just said like so many different things, which gives me kind of like a playground to kind of ask these questions and bring this all back here. So thank you so much. I will say that I loved <laughs> when you said... Um, <laughs> Because you spoke on so many different things that I have questions for. So this is awesome. So let's talk about, first of all, it's interesting that you said, I left my high paying job to go and paint. That I feel like that could be like a t-shirt. Like I quit my job to paint, literally. Because Girl, I'll make, I'll make the shirt this week <laughs> just because. Like, that could be a shirt. like mind blowing. Yeah. People it's- do it every day. Every and, and that's the and that's the crazy part that people I don't think everybody realizes that you guys there are so many different challenges but not only challenges but it's like there are so many different factors or decisions that you have to make in order to follow your dreams so when you are stepping out and making those big decisions and you know quitting jobs or moving away from family it's like you're not doing those things to um like for fun this is more so like this is my dream this is my passion girl this fun is my, where this is, 
<laughs> this is where my heart lies. So I totally understand. Now, when I was doing some research and I like read on your website or your blog, your introduction, it really caught my eye because it said artists have a responsibility first to themselves and allowing themselves to be vulnerable. So I want to know, like, when I read that, that instantly took me to when Erica Badu was like, now keep in mind that I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. That took me there because it's like y'all really have to tap into some interesting spaces in your heart and in your minds. Can you talk about that? Like how that kind of started for you? I'm a little afraid that this podcast is going to be long because me and you could go all day. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. Well, you know what? Speak your truth. We got time. Yes. So, uh, in a way, it's, it's definitely, like, I'm saying the same thing that Erica Badu is saying. And, of course, she's yeah. like, I love her. I always have loved her. My dad calls me Erica Badu. And it's <laughs> just crazy because I'm like, but his name is Eric. So, I wasn't named after her. I was named after him. Wow. But I guess it's like an energy thing or whatever. And I just love her. But, yeah, like, artists do have a responsibility to be, like, I mean, to me, it's a huge responsibility and it goes like way past just vulnerability but we have to allow ourselves to be vulnerable so that we can tap in so that we can help tell a story and I think I said and then others we have responsibility to others by allowing them to view our intimacy yes with hope to inspire so like I'm the type of person where I'm not going to tell you how I feel. I'm probably not going to tell you how I feel, like, initially. Like, it might come out later, and then it's going to have some spice. (laughs) (laughs) Just come a little bit closer to your mic, please. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, eventually, I will tell how I feel, but I guess that's where my art comes in, uh, where I get to kind of explain how I feel through my art. I've done it before I'm not really doing that right now in my art practice but I'm like finding ways to do it with the way that I do create art so but to me art is about vulnerability period and I'm gonna go segue into a story now (laughs) about like about vulnerability just so that I guess like I can kind of get people to understand where I'm coming from because I know it's like jumbled up right now But I recently, well, this guy recently died that I played sports with when I was little. And maybe I met him when I was like 11 or 12. But I really liked him when I was little. Like, I really liked him a lot. And when I was younger, we dated for like five months, 22 hours and 19 minutes. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but I was 12, and I had all the time in the world to count how long we were dating, obviously, because I wasn't doing anything else. But he recently died on January 7th, and when he died, and he he's from Birmingham, but when he died, my cousin, she also knows him, she, uh, she was saying, you should paint him, and I was like, girl, no, ain't doing it, can't do it. And then something just came over me, and it was like, nah, it's important, and you got to process it, do it. So I painted the painting, 
like, crown is him. Like, he died at, like, 27. I'm like, crown him or whatever. And people will walk in and out of my studio while I'm painting the picture. And I'm trying to figure it out. Like, should I put a crown on him? What do I make his face look like? How do I tie him into my aesthetic? Like, just trying to figure it out. Like, I think I even posted on my social media at one point, like, uh, company, welcome in the studio today. Like, just because I just need it like more like I needed somebody to pour into me so that I could pour out so uh I start painting the picture somebody walked into my studio and was like you put a crown on him he ain't no king and I was like I mean aren't we all in our own right so I painted it I chose the flower uh the marigold flower and I didn't know that's what the flower was before I chose it because I was just going off of photos but I said all of that to So, okay, so I did it for his mom because I know his mom. I used to play football when I was 11, 12, 13 years old. I was the only girl on the football team, so and I know his family. So I was like, I'm going to paint for his mom or whatever. And I painted the picture. It's like a really big painting. Mm-hmm. And then I brought it to the funeral. And it's crazy because when I look at the the program for the funeral, my painting went with the whole entire service. Like, it went with the whole service. And I hadn't spoke to anybody the whole time that I painted. It took me, like, a week to paint it. I didn't talk to his family. I didn't tell his mom that I was painting. I didn't tell his sisters. I didn't tell anybody. He was dressed in red in his casket. He had, like, a red-based funeral. The flowers I painted were burgundy. It was a marigold flower. And the, and the meaning of the flower resonated with his spirit so well that it was just breathtaking to me and the crown his favorite gospel song was uh i'll have my mansion now Hmm. and and the pastor preached about the prodigal son in the entire time that i was painting the, the painting i just kept thinking about the prodigal son like coming home and like receiving all the things that he always wanted but not the way that he expected to receive it Hmm. So, like, yeah, so just being vulnerable, like, so that was, like, when I say we first have, artists have a responsibility to first be vulnerable and then, like, hope to inspire. So, like, that was me being vulnerable. Like, I put everything I had into that canvas and, well, it was on wood, but I put everything I had on it onto it and, honestly, since I painted that, I haven't painted anything else in my aesthetic since January because like that took so much out of me to paint that and to have that experience. I wrote a poem and uh, his mom, when I posted the poem on Facebook or I posted on Instagram with the painting, when I finally got around to posting it, she sent me a message and she was like, can you read this at, the funeral and I was like yes ma'am I will so that being said it took a lot out of me to do that but if that's the work that God wants me to do then I'm happy to do it I met a pastor and he was telling me he was like your work is 
prophetic and I'm like wow that is like mm-hmm. the ultimate compliment that I can receive as far as my work because I definitely go back and forth with like is this point does this matter yes like, because it's so pretty so yeah yes I've been growing all about it wow so I saw the pictures on Facebook and I didn't know the like story behind it. So now this is amazing. This is beautiful. This is like super, I don't know. It makes me like now, of course, you guys. And hopefully once I drop all of her like social media platforms and everything, you guys go back and look at this painting as well and the poem. This is amazing. That's so crazy. And you know, um, your cousin, shout outs to her. Hey, girl. Um, her <laughs> mentioning that you should paint and then God laid it on your heart like hey no be obedient see that's the thing the thing about it is had you not been able or had you not listened and been obedient to um, you know God telling you to do it you may not have received that compliment which in turn may not you know because that could have been all the compliment or all of the praise that you needed at that time you get what I'm saying right so I think mm-hmm. a lot of times um our best moments or some of our favorite experiences come from being obedient and just making that move and taking that step and even though you were feeling or you have been feeling super emotional and probably like heavy because you had and you and you were able to be successful in painting and speaking and presenting his family with the um, painting, like that's major. And so that is probably where your spirit like needs that, that love and that like TLC from you. So I think that's awesome. That's, that's really, really awesome. I loved it. So your so his family was able to like keep the painting and take it home and everything. Right. Yes, so after I went by to visit his mom, I saw it hanging up. It's like hanging up right when you walk in the house. Like, Mm -hmm. it is, when I say this painting is probably the best painting that I've ever done. And, and like, to see it in person is so much, like, because I use so many elements in my work. Like, it's a high texture. And then with this one, I took, like, some different routes and did some more, like, finishing techniques on it. And it just looks really good. It's, like bigger it's larger than three feet by four feet so it's a really big painting uh and it's a really big deal uh, <laughs> it is like it is I um, love how you say that so casually you guys I will tell you not to cut you up I'm sorry y'all she is like so freaking amazing like and I tell her that every single time every single time we talk or like she does my nails y'all too so she's awesome with that but she does a lot of things clearly but literally she's probably one of the most humble people that I know and her work is like amazing like that pastor he's he's literally not kidding I can't wait for you and he he's never seen my work he's only seen what he's never seen my work wow okay well you know what all it takes is one move it just takes one one move of God all you just need is one just one no worries okay (laughs) well it's settled it's done it's prophetic there it is boom right <laughs> boom. boom that's it like that's all we need that's love all it. we need like I, mean, I could go forward from there like 
<laughs> let's keep moving. As look, the same episode last time it was keep moving your feet. Okay, keep moving. Let's do it. So like when I say that's my life motto, like literally, like just keep moving, like keep moving. Like I cry. I'm like you can cry today, but tomorrow you're gonna do this work, man. Right. You gotta pack it up and you gotta keep pushing because I mean, if not now, then when? Right, you know what I'm because saying? Like, life is happening to every no. single day. I think I posted life is inevitable. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen regardless. Yep. Regardless. Absolutely. So, okay. Now, we were like in all of the glory and basking in everything. But I got a quick question because really we've never ever discussed this before. Has anybody like ever disliked your work? Like to you? To your face? I <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I mean but I will say like all through college like uh-huh. when we would do uh, critiques and stuff like in my college classes nobody really disliked my work not even the professors like hmm. they didn't like they just didn't and I would just always just take it like thank y'all like I mean Humble. again <laughs> I would just take it and then but now that I'm out here I've had somebody tell me before I was thinking about doing like a show for my senior for my senior like year or whatever I was gonna do a solo show I didn't I didn't end up doing it because you know life is inevitable but I was talking to somebody about it and maybe someone like overheard my conversation and they came up to me they said hey Erica I was thinking about your senior show and I was thinking about maybe you should just add some glitter and I'm like um excuse me (laughs) I add some glitter right have you ever seen my work like where do you add glitter like and I'm not even I don't even have a glittery personality so I don't even like so to me maybe she didn't mean it as insult but I definitely felt insulted like she because she had seen some of my work before and it's like really add glitter like that's not a compliment Hmm. Uh, that's not a compliment in in the professional art world at all so and I've had professors of course that to push me that would say stuff like uh that would say stuff like that doesn't matter or something like that like just about the story or whatever I've had people look at my work and say um the content doesn't matter if nobody can comprehend it or something like that and I'm just Mm. like oh my gosh like so I try not to hold on to the negatives that come from people but take it as criticism and try to I guess rectify or kind of like I don't know like just be like be better at the way that I articulate my words in reference to my art form hmm good I love that constructive criticism that works but also glitter yeah no that wasn't okay because <laughs> y'all know she's not a glittery person by far like by, at all period <laughs> so <laughs> and it's so great that we're friends because I can say that and it'd be okay because if you're like somebody else saying that she'll probably look at you like you're crazy so hopefully I'm you know I'm hopefully, I, look, hopefully I get a pass for right now 
I'm um, not offended. Okay, good. Good. No, I would never even wear it on my body. Yeah, no, she wouldn't. It's not all. even biodegradable. Like, oh my goodness. Glitter floats in the air. <laughs> it should just be there. Like, no, thank you. Um, so what about this? Like, what about the that doesn't matter? That was really interesting. And what comes to mind there is when Master P, he was on Solange's album. I don't know where he said it, like in which interview, but it was an interlude on her album and he said if you don't understand my work or my music then my music is not for you then it's not for you so, so period i mean period like you. uh <laughs> i guess they were saying it like in reference to maybe like i don't know like i think i did a painting with some red roses and a uh, a mask and it's like, why did you paint that? Like, like when I look at it, I don't even see the story. But I don't understand why people try to put like, like I don't know, like what they try try. They I guess they try to put their perceptions onto your art or something like that. But it don't have nothing to do with you. And if you don't understand my story, then oh well. Like what I can't I can't help you with that. It's not my job. Hmm. I'm just supposed to be here and live my truth and if I felt like I wanted to paint this person like a bird with a mask on with roses like then so be it I've had a lot of people that aren't necessarily critics of art but people that appreciate art that when like when they come into my studio and they see this piece they're like oh my god that's my favorite one and I'm like really okay almost like because because if I let that that negativity get into my spirit I'll be like you can have it just take it you ain't got to pay for it because I don't want to see it no more but I can't be like that hmm. right because so. everything I mean and we all know anywhere not just in art but just in life period everything is not for everyone so everyone is not supposed to or going to understand you because if that were the case then you would probably have everybody beating down your door trying to get a piece of you know you and not I don't mean that in a sexual way I mean that in like period just in in any way they're like I I, I need that oh you do this oh yeah I need that oh okay yeah let me have some and it's like well dang and oh how boring would life be yeah if everybody appreciated everything that you had to offer or anything that would be just like a whole bunch of yes men all around and nobody would grow Right. And we need that growth. Everybody should be forward thinking, growth mindset, and just trying to move forward. So kind of moving a little bit um, away from the negativity because we are only positive vibes. Do you have like a favorite piece or a favorite type of art that you do? Like as far as commission pieces or murals or like in the beauty industry, like what's your favorite thing to do? Right now, my favorite thing to do is, uh, I guess, like, the aesthetic that I'm working in with acrylic. I use acrylic on wood, but it's I'm a mixed-media artist. So I use, like, all different types of things on my surfaces. I use acrylic paint. I use twine. I use paper, decorative paper. I use like a wood stainer. I use all of these things. I build my own panels from the bottom. So it's a lot. And right now I enjoy that. I enjoy the building the panels process. I enjoy 
the mix. I mix all of my colors. Like, I don't use colors straight out of the tube. And oh, really, no. that's the thing that I love the most because really and truly, like, I love color. I always have since I was a little girl. Like, in elementary school, I studied Crayola just for fun <laughs> because I just love color. So, I mix my own colors, and I think I find joy in that. That takes, like... Like, after I mix colors, I just have to sit there. But I also enjoy watercolor. Watercolor, to me, is more uh, free-flowy. Like, if I feel myself wanting to be free, like, they, it's different. Like, they just different. Like, acrylic is, like, opaque. And it's just, like, it is what it is. When you put it down, that's what it is. That's what it's going to do. But the watercolor, you put watercolor down, and it's, like, different it's different it's like you can see the waves in the paint and it's it's way it's a little it's it's really relaxing actually to watch it but yes mostly I paint in acrylic and I paint in watercolor nice so let me tell you that I'm sitting over here because like I know you and I hope that the listeners are able were able to hear that like passion and like excited like giddy in your voice when you were talking (laughs) about it you were your truest self just then and so I want you to know that you are definitely like moving in the right direction and hopefully when you listen back to this episode you hear that for yourself and you remember like that feeling that you just had when you were explaining it yeah I had to have a whole vision like I'm like what okay it was good it was good it It was was good good. see you felt it (laughs) I'm so happy that you felt that because that was really nice thank you for letting me know so (laughs) so like okay I was gonna ask about the particular reasoning as to why you like um your aesthetic that you're that you're into right now but you just told me color also guys her favorite color is orange um random fact yes. about <laughs> yep won't forget it um because i never met anybody whose favorite color was orange well now after meeting you i have met somebody else but you two are the only two so it's pretty interesting if your favorite favorite color is purple so i just want y'all to know that <laughs> now she's telling mine <laughs> We're friends, guys. Like, we're what's friends, my favorite color? Like, real friends, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting, though, because I like purple, but also, like, magenta, because it's pink and purple married, and those are my two actual favorite colors. Um, Okay, let's not get into that. Anywho, right. right. So, fast forward. Okay, you are currently in Alabama, literally, like, right now as we speak and so could you kind of tell a little bit more about what led you to do the work that you do because yes you you like paint and everything but like outside of that like your feelings towards why you wanted to work in urban development could you kind of give us a little bit more more um on that it's like my favorite thing to talk about outside of art of course (laughs) (laughs) i um so I was an art major in college and I also went to Aveda and I worked in the airport all through college in a spa and I did manicures, pedicures, facials, waxing, and like massage. I had to talk to so many different people. So of course I'm talking to these people and what I realized while I was working in the airport, I was like, oh my gosh, like nobody, like you don't really meet people outside of your realm of like what it is you choose to do, like your work or whatever, like. 
I know a lot of people that do hair. I know a lot of artists, but like doctors, they might not know as many artists as I know, but they know a lot of doctors. So being able to meet all these different people, I was able to kind of navigate through my studies and say like, oh, wait, maybe I want to do this. Maybe I want to do that. But in talking to people and thinking about where I came from, because I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, born and bred, I was just like, something ain't right. Like... <laughs> I don't really know what it is, but something isn't right. And I was an art major and I was like, how many times do you learn the same thing over and over and over without questioning it? So I changed my major. I did a facial on one of Trayvon Martin's lawyers uh, and she was giving me this speech and I was just crying and bawling and bawling and bawling. And she left me like this rose gold bracelet before she left because we had this whole heart to heart because she was an art major. She changed her major to sociology. Then she went to Harvard Law School and then she was a professor at Harvard. So just talking to her, I was like, oh, my gosh. So like I could really do this. So I changed my major, tailored my major specifically for me to help make some type of change, help create some type of change in the african-american community to me birmingham is uh obviously divided uh food desert like high uh poverty rate high death rate like all of this is happening in my city and i'm just like i can help create change so i studied sociology and urban development and now i graduated magna cum laude I did really good in school and I've always been an artist and I was trying to find a way to mesh them together and I found a way and my one of my mottos is if they don't invite you to the table build your own table <laughs> live by that die by that so there is not necessarily a job for me in the work that I in the field that I want to be in but I'm kind of creating my own field so with urban development and art I'm working as a creative place making specialist which I'm uh, it's my goal to curate the civil rights district and the 4th avenue business district as of now there's hardly no uh, murals or like art projects around but I'm hoping that I can help make a difference I'm actually supposed to start doing a mural tomorrow but it's been raining, so I'm just going to do, like, the prep work or whatever, like, cleaning the wall and getting it ready for when I am ready to start painting. But, uh, yeah, like, my day-to-day, if you don't mind, I'm going to go into my day-to-day because I really like this internship, even mm-hmm. though it's very, I don't know, like, it's, it's just way on my spirit because Birmingham is just so slow. Like, just stuff moves so slow, and I be so ready to just jump right in. Mm-hmm. But, Impatient, uh, kind of like me. I understand so impatient and then so I when I came here I had a meeting had to go to a like a board meeting sitting I sit in like boardrooms and with like older older black people and like listen to them and then they listen to me and it's really different from doing nails (laughs) it's so different but the way that I'm received in rooms like is is like I kind of get high off of it because I'm like, oh my gosh, like they really think what I said is cool. I, uh, so I work with Urban Impact Birmingham and we are like a, uh, what is it called? We're Urban Maine. So Urban Maine is like this nonprofit that funds urban 
main street like uh, places. We had a meeting with them last year and they come from all over the United States and we're sitting around the room and the top lady, she asked the question and I think she asked the question like, uh, she was like, so what is the problem? How do y'all think we can remedy this or whatever because where I am it's a lot of blight and blight is like where the community has like it's like trashy like the buildings are falling down stuff like that and she was just asking this question and the top guy that's over the group that I'm in he well the top guy that's over the main street program he spoke out and then she looked at him and she was like you didn't answer my question but okay and I was like actually I want to try to answer your question and I start to answer her question and everybody in the room, like their mouth like dropped like when I'm talking. And they looked at them and they was like, Y'all need to pay her. Hmm. And I'm like, Y'all right. Yes, pay me because I know what I'm talking about. Like, and because I've been here. Like, I'm a millennial. I grew up in well, when I lived here, I went to a predominantly white school as a as a child. I dealt with different forms of racism definitely microaggressions being dark like I'm I'm pretty dark skinned like I'm not light skinned so just being dark in a predominantly white space and being able to I feel like God put me there at a young age so that I could see the disparity and see where change need to be made and I've always been driven by that I've always been driven by that since I was a little girl being in classrooms with people that really didn't even want to sit by me but they wouldn't say they didn't want to sit by me I just know that they didn't want to sit by me because if I was sitting next to them they would move hmm. so I guess that's what drives me I've been <laughs> people ask my mom all the time they like uh, has she always been like this my mom's like yes <laughs> yes. yes I can I can bet it I can bet that you were definitely, like I said earlier, the spicy one. But rightfully so, because they need that. First of all, let me go back, because you gave us a mouthful. So let me go back. First things first. When I found out that she met Trayvon Martin's lawyer, I was like, oh my gosh. And so that was like super awesome and amazing and like beautiful at the same time. But but really interesting. Yeah, because... Y'all really had a heart-to-heart. I love that because she literally, like, God literally placed somebody in your path to show you. Because you said, after your conversation, you're like, I can do this, too. That was nice. That was good. I went and changed my major, like, immediately. (laughs) The next day, like, walking down the street, like, where you headed? Change my major. Bye. Can't talk right now. Gotta go. (laughs) Gotta go. (laughs) Gotta blast. So you definitely were on it. Um, I love also how you are speaking about um, having a seat at the, not having a seat necessarily at the table. So just bringing your whole table, like just bringing your own and doing your own thing. And I think as a black woman, that is very important because we sometimes try to shrink ourselves to fit into little spaces that they created. And you don't have to do that. You no, can don't. you can be who you are and express yourself, but that comes with what doing the work. So um that is awesome. And then I'm doing the work, it ain't easy though, but I'm out here. <laughs> I mean I mean, but hey, if it was easy then anybody could do it. You're right. If it was easy, then you know, people literally could just say, Oh yeah, I'm about to go out here and like do it 
you know what I'm saying like they you literally are perfected to do all of the things that you are doing so again I am very proud of you and happy for you but kind of moving and shifting so that is also where her heart lies guys as you can see urban development in Birmingham very excited to see the mural that you'll be um starting on soon now this is kind of a different like gear would you ever do any art deals with like major brands like Adidas or Steve Madden and I say that because like those brands immediately came to mind when I thought of like collaborations. Would you do something like that? I would consider it. I uh after I did some a little research on what they want me to do. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, some of the mainstream brands and stuff, they be on some junk. Like I just got an email from I just got an invitation from Emory to put my work in their like school of medicine auction or something like that I don't know where this email came from I didn't apply nothing like that and I'm grateful that I have stuff like that coming through my waves but then I read the uh the letter from Emory in 1959 when they declined the black Mm. guys Mm -hmm. school they sent him back his five dollars and I was like oh Emory I don't think my work is gonna fit Uh uh-oh that's interesting i'm sorry i need to post that i'm gonna post that on the page you guys that letter that she's speaking about i'm gonna post it but go ahead yeah i'm like i don't know if i necessarily want my work to be auctioned off at emory i don't know what their uh i don't know what the plan is or what they do like what their motives are i don't really understand but I'm also going to Emory uh, next week or something like that to listen to Nikki Giovanni read poetry. So when I go there and I experience Emory as for what it is, I'll decide if I want to put my work in the auction. But I would definitely work with brands. I, uh, I've applied to like uh, Louis Vuitton to be an artisan because, you know, like they have people that paint hand paint on their bags and stuff like that. So I'm open to it. See, I'm definitely open to it as my art form grows and process and stuff like that. Oh my gosh, that's really crazy. You guys, so even though we are friends, I literally did not know anything about this Emory gig. I also did not know anything about her applying to Louis Vuitton. I did not know. But I will say, the Louis Vuitton thing, that is exactly where, that's kind of where my mind was when I wrote this question about the adidas and the steve madden like i could see you doing that and for some reason <laughs> i've been talking a lot about ed hardy lady lately because of oh the my God, tour. <laughs> <laughs> so like you could be an ed hardy artist too um i mean i don't know if they even they do come it back though no they're gonna come back because baby fat back too oh yeah they are with the freaking um velour suits and forever 21 being like a hundred dollars are you kidding me Girl, that is crazy. Kamora is really tripping, but no, she let her daughters have me. Well, baby Kamoras are tripping in if that's the case. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Uh, Okay, man, I can't make our own velour suits. Well, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of wish I would have kept my baby fat coat. It had, it had, it had um fur on the hood. It was sold it for more than a hundred dollars. Had you told me that in the 11th grade, then I would have kept it. How about that? <laughs> but, you, but you didn't tell me that. You didn't say that. You said you give like, it away. You know. 
fashion repeats itself man every like we almost 30 that's crazy child i know and and the craziest part is i seen some gauchos like in the store the other day i was like what okay i'm gonna have to get me some of those (laughs) (laughs) oh my word okay so quickly okay y'all i don't want to get too far off into the fashion talk but all right so you've done some murals you've done some work here in atlanta for our atlanta listeners can you like tell everybody where it's located because it's really dope and i want people to see it so some of my work is in the wind atlanta sorry but i don't know where it is i have like three six foot by six foot murals that are probably hanging in someone's store Um, oh yeah i don't know where they are but i think i might try to find out here soon because i want to see them again but uh i also helped do a mural in Hateville by the airport on on the side of Hateville City Hall. It's a mural of Margie Parthro painted by Charmaine Minifield. She's a she's an artist uh, and like professor, very profound lady in Atlanta. I helped her paint a lot of that mural, and then I have my own mural in a restaurant called Spice Bistro, and it's a it's a uh, a Logos Nigeria mural. I also did a mural inside of uh, a peace tree building. I don't really know what that mural is doing right now, but <laughs> there's a mural there. And yeah, I think that's that about covers it for the most part. I'm hoping to do some more larger projects. But, of course, all of it is a learning process. And when people hit me with stuff like, how much for this? And I'm like, whoa, like, you ready for this? Because I don't know. So, yeah, that's where they are. Spice Beach Pro is, I think, is on, uh, where is Spice Beach Pro? Like, it's near Georgia State, right? Yeah, it's like, it's like more, I get Moreland mixed up. But it's it's some it's on the black side of Portland. I thought it was like Edgewood. Kind of, yeah, it's like it's like that, like in that intersection, like between there. Have you seen it? Okay, no, but I but I know where Spice Bistro is. Okay, guys, so for our Atlanta listeners, um, Georgia State, there's a Spice Bistro. It's near like an ice cream shop. It's in there. Please, if you go to Georgia State or if you're in Atlanta and you want to go pop by, please do and send some pictures to the dining room table um, page. But also, you can tag her too because I'm going to leave her information down there. So, we don't look. Neither one of us know, but I know the, the major landmark, Georgia State. And, you know, I'll be like, uh, <laughs> okay, you want me to paint? That's cool. <laughs> I don't see nothing else but the wall that I'm supposed to be. I can just, no worries. I'll just GPS there. It's okay. I got you. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So you're like amazing at what you do artistically. You're like great. So beautiful. Oh my gosh. Now let's kind of talk about like personal life. So y'all, sorry, but she is in a relationship. So can you please kind of like tell me? Um, how does that look for you? Like right now, because like you're in Alabama, is he there with you? No, and tomorrow's Valentine's Day. <gasps> Erica, okay, okay. I know, like, and we love each other, so it's like, but I told him, like, bruh, 
we ain't even gotta do this. Like, Valentine's Day is every day. He make me feel like it's my birthday every day. He make me feel like it's Valentine's Day every day. I love him. I've never had anybody, like, I've never dated anyone that was as supportive as he is. Like, he is so patient with me because I'm an artist, so I'm crazy a little bit. Can't get there. And he is, like, everything. He's my partner. He helps me build and make whatever I need. I got a question I can ask him, and he gonna figure it out. He cook, he clean, he work. He's just, like, I love him, and it works. Like, I've had artists ask me stuff like, how does it work? Like, because I'll be in my studio for days, and my fiance will come down and say, like, are you ever going to come to bed? Like, if my boyfriend miss me, he just come down here and he sit with me. And if he gets sleepy, I'm like, you know, you don't have to sit down here with me. You can go to bed. He's like, no, I'm good. He'll stay for a little while. He'll make himself busy. Like, we love each other. It works. We miss each other right now. He don't really like when I come down here. But this work has to be done. And we're going to figure it out because that's what life is about, figuring it out. Beautiful, 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 y'all. I want y'all to know, too. I love my bro. He's amazing. And if anybody can make her talk like that, because y'all see how she all happy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anybody that can do that, I, I like him. So shout outs to you, bro. Can you please send him a very happy Valentine's Day message right now? Because I know he's going to listen. So tell your man something, girl. He listening. <laughs> <laughs> tell him something mm-hmm. that I'm already. Um, I think everything that I just told you, he probably hasn't ever really heard come out of my mouth. Um, I, I feel like I'm ready to take the next step in my relationship. So that's a pretty big message to him. Blue. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, look now, y'all heard it first at the dining room table. This is the perfect place to hear stuff like that. The next step. Okay, we gonna chat about that when we get off this uh, call. So. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Seriously, I love that. I love the support that you guys, like, provide for each other. Um, I've seen it firsthand, and I think it's super beautiful. It's very um, intimate. It's also very involved. But then you guys also know how to kind of back off and allow one another to breathe and to do the work that you do, right? So I think that's super important because we are all growing, And yes, we're 26, 27, 28. And it's like, we're grown, yes, but we all need somebody. But then in that same breath, we all still have to kind of figure out who we are. And I think we need ourselves too. Right, right. And I think that goes back to that first responsibility, right? Like your first responsibility is always to yourself. And so I hope that our listeners are gaining that like, yes, you know, and I had kind of forgot tomorrow's Valentine's Day because I'm not really attending that. But <laughs> I'm not um, going to show up. <laughs> right. I'm not attending. But, you know, it's important for those of you who do and for those of you who do not like who are not in in this like beautiful love story yet it's coming and I'm speaking to myself as well like it's coming hold on tight but also just remember to do the work right Erica yeah you gotta do the work Mm -hmm. I think we can start talking about uh doing the work with self-care work because that was the reason why I went I started therapy really because I actually do love this guy and we met when we were 12 and we met again when we were 20. So 
I felt like I needed to go to therapy because I don't want to fuck this up. Like, I really don't. Like, because I really like him. And when you are young and you're dating and you're around all these other, these different types of people and you've had, like, traumatic experiences and stuff like that, that stuff weighs on you. And then it starts to, like, weigh on your relationships, all the relationships that you have in general. So I feel like it's important for me to do the work, especially, like, if I want to be that uh, vulnerable lover to him and help like lift him up and even be able to receive the things that he wants to offer me that's deep that's that's really like intentional too because you know that you don't want to lose your relationship and you want to gain more of yourself so it's like Mm -hmm. let me tap into this let me do the work thank you for sharing um that really important message about going to seek help as well I think this is probably my third friend at the table to be able to speak out about um, mental health and as we know that is very 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 big in our community so as always I don't take that lightly um, for you you know feeling comfortable enough to share and so hopefully someone excuse me is able to find solace and also I'm sorry, excuse me. Um, to find solace, but not only that, to maybe take that, make that move and take that step. So thank you so, so much. Now, in wrapping up, because we have definitely given a lot of think pieces, um, where can people find you? And when I say that, I mean like check out your work, possibly place an order or inquire about collaborating with you. Where can they find you? So many places. Um, so you can find me on Facebook at EL Creative LLC, which is E L C R E A T I V E L L C period. And that's my Facebook business page. But also you can find me on Instagram at EL Creative and that is at E-L-C-R-E-A-T-I-V period E and I got so many social medias so but on my wait, on my business page you can go to the link in my bio where on my Instagram business page you can go to the link in my bio where you can go to my website but and wherever you find me, like direct message me. That's the best way to get in contact with me. And I respond almost immediately. And I'm open to do payment arrangements. I'm open to work to barter. Like I'm open to whatever. Like tell me what inspires you. Maybe we can inspire each other. Like I'm open for it all. Perfect. Like, perfect and I promise I will put the proper spellings to each and every one of those um in the description box once again friend I'm so 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 honored and blessed to have you here at my table um you're doing amazing work and it is always an absolute pleasure thank you so much for being on the show I'm happy and so proud to be your friend you are amazing thank you of course (laughs) absolutely um and then to my beautiful and dedicated listeners thank you guys so so much for tuning in to another episode of the dining room table podcast um i really really hope that you guys enjoy your friday your weekend and your valentine's day love you guys bye bye